Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 417. We just got back from Innisbrook. It was an incredible trip. We're gonna, oh yeah. Yeah, we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't uh-huh. like, where we struggled, where we had fun. We've got a lot to talk about. But first, we have to dive into what everyone is talking about right now, and that's Phil Mickelson. Did he deserve to be canceled? I mean, to, to take you an idea of where we're at right now, Phil is is effectively sponsorless. Uh, his but four major canceled. That's the question. Yeah. His four major sponsors are not with him, at least at the moment. Some have paused. Some have just, uh, at least for now, cut ties. Don't forget, Phil did offer that in his uh, somewhat of an apology letter that he issued. He said, you know, he doesn't want to hurt his sponsors, and he had offered ahead of time that they could either pause or, or part ways if they felt like it was going to hurt their business in any anyway. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'll start off by saying, and we'll give our opinion on it, but I, I think it's, it is sad to see somebody who is and has always been such a loved personality in golf right. mm-hmm. to see this kind of fall from grace so dramatically at this point in his career. Um, this is a point in his career where he could have really just kind of wound down a little bit. You know, he had his, his big win at the ocean course at the PGA winning a major, the oldest player to win a major. Um, and he was riding high, you know, he's been loved on social media, uh, but he's also been fighting this fight for a while. Right. You know, and, this is not new, this kind of grief that he's had with the PGA tour. And I think he just, maybe he pressed too hard. Maybe he did. And and I'm curious to see if it does translate to the fans. I don't think it will. I see a lot of comments on some posts like Phil still love you. You're the man. I think that love is still there for Phil from the fan side. I can see maybe a lot of his peers being upset with him, but we'll see. He went into some social media hiding. I don't think he's going to play in an event in a while. Yeah. And and, so. and we'll, we'll speculate on when we think he will return and where mm-hmm. the safest place is going to be for that. But you're right. There, there was a lot of tour, you know, tour players who spoke out against it, but let's first kind of rewind. Let's first talk about where this kind of the, the roots of where this began. Mm-hmm. Then we'll talk about what was said and then ultimately the fallout and where we are now. And and one thing is Phil dating a ways back has aired his grievances with the PGA tour in a lot of ways, calling them greedy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, where this is kind of spinning in a tough direction for Phil is a guy who's made upwards of a hundred million dollars over 30 years on the tour you make that much money from an entity, it's kind of hard to s- call them greedy because he's made quite the living oh, sure. off the PG. And I think that's where a lot of players came to the defense of the tour as being like, don't, I mean, is this ultimately a bite the hand that feeds situation? You know, it's interesting. And Zach, you and I, we were, we were looking at what's like, hey, let's look at Phil's money situation. Like the speculations about him going broke, things like that. And upon that search, we it said he's made over 350 million in his career. It's crazy. Yeah, and so, and, and it, it, so he's made quite a bit of money, but he also, in some ways, he he's, I understand the point he's coming from in that the PGA tour can be a little bit too, um, in some ways, a lot of them feel a little bit too tight and restrictive mm-hmm. over what they own from the players. Right. So one example that he gave, just one example, was the match that he had with uh, with Tiger Woods. Obviously, those are ultimately very lucrative for Phil as well. Sure. However, did you know that Phil had to pay the PGA Tour $1 million each time for licensing rights? 
for his own, basically his own content that he was creating. And that's where Phil was upset. In addition to that, um, because the PGA tour owns the rights, the broadcast rights to everything that happens at these events, they can then take that and, and do what they will with it. So for example, Phil is mentioning how the, the tour will take a clip of his, uh, something that he did at, you know, in one of the events and they will license it out to businesses to use for a lot of money yep. and phil never sees a dime of that so he this had been building up over years and years of, of phil was upset by it he wanted some sort of way to leverage it now don't forget in the pga tour it's not like they've got um big unions mm -hmm. or stuff like that you see in other sports where they can kind of bargain together you know each player has their own agents and things like that, but there's not a lot that they can do, you yeah. know, leveraging right. the PGA tour and, and his where he felt like he needed leverage. So that brings us to the comments that were made, right? So Phil, and, and these are, they're long quotes that are out there. You, you can, you can take a look, but one of the, the things that he said was he started by acknowledging, and this goes down to the, the new Saudi, the super league mm -hmm. or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it. it. It's backed by Saudi money. And he acknowledged how bad, you know, that can be because of the human rights violations, you know, from the Saudis. Right. And, uh, you know, he even went so far as, you know, he called them bad. These are some bad MFers. Mm -hmm. And where, where Phil then I think kind of crossed that line is where he said, however, if we can use it to our advantage as a, a bargaining chip effectively and as leverage against the tour then I'm going to. So I think that that's what ultimately upset a lot of people. And that's what upset a lot of these sponsors. I get it now. You know, is that they're going to say, listen, if you acknowledge that there's these massive human rights violations, you know, uh, all the different things, you know, he, he talked about, you know, the killing of journalists, he, you know, you, you talk about like uh, some of the oppression of, of, of gays and women and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's like, all right, if you're acknowledging that Phil, then just leave it there don't do business with them. And, and, you know, Phil, you know, I, I think he just, it wasn't very eloquent what he was trying to say. I don't think it was well thought out because he was, he was just kept coming back to saying like, well, those are all bad things, but if I can use his leverage to, to push the tour in the direction that I, that I think it needs to be pushed, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. And that's, see, that's where it got confusing for me because isn't Phil have a financial interest in this league? I've also heard that. that as well, that he's got some sort of financial. Now, don't forget, this is like, this is the, um, it's headed up uh, by, by Greg Norman. And it, there are some other financial backers, but the biggest financial backer, right, you know, comes from Saudi. Saudi Arabia. And so there's a lot of, but I think that that's where Phil ultimately, he got hung up on two points. The one of just saying, I acknowledge how bad they are, mm -hmm. but yet I'm willing to do business with them if it gets my agenda across. Yeah. That's one. And secondly, by in general going after the PGA tour and attacking them as greedy, he ended up, it wasn't a good look for Phil from a guy who's made so much money from yeah, the for PGA sure. tour. For sure. So that's what caused him to lose the sponsorships. That's a, a big part of, I, I think that's a big and they're part paused. of it. They're not exactly gone. They haven't parted ways with Phil Mickelson. It's for all that we know. For all that we know. Right. And that's right. the thing. We, we, we're a lot of this has to be speculation. Now the, the story was originally broke, you know, by Alan Shipnuck, who's, who's a well-respected journalist and he's been working on this, um, but you know, biography of Phil. And, uh, then there was some back and forth of like, what was off the record, what was on the record. Um, and that's where a lot, some people were upset with Phil's apology because it didn't seem as much like, you know, he issued this long 500 word statement. And a lot of people said, 
it's it's not so much an apology as just trying to basically defend himself. Right. Mm. Um, but Phil, you know, it, it, that's where as other players started to come out, you had guys like Brooks Kepka, Roy McElroy had some very strong words for Phil, just basically saying, I wouldn't be calling the tour greedy. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of the other players who've ultimately said that they're not going to be participating in the Saudi league, all kind of cited the reason that they're not going to do it is they want to stay where the competition is in the PGA tour. They want to play wherever the best players are. Sure. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. None of them quite addressed the, or, or even acknowledged the, what's going on with the human rights violations in Saudi Arabia. None of them said like, that's not why I'm playing. They all just kind of sidestepped it. Right. I think where Phil got in a lot of trouble is that he acknowledged it, but then effectively was like, I'm still willing to do business. Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You know, and you get that even in this, the corporate world where a lot of companies will do business in Saudi, whether it's Saudi Arabia or other areas where there's these human rights issues. Um, but they don't, actively say i know that there's these issues yet mm -hmm. i choose to do business anyway right a lot of them it's like kind of a head in the sand that never acknowledge it don't get, like kind of say it so because then in a way it's almost like a backhanded way of saying you're okay with it and yeah. i think that that's, that's ultimately why the big mm -hmm. sponsors are saying I i'm sorry phil i can't i can't ride this this train with you yeah it's interesting and do, do we know well do we know anything about this super league Right. I mean, we were running and gunning in Innsbruck yeah. while this news came out, so. Not a whole lot when it comes to the Super League. Um, but it had a very, like, USA-dominant schedule. For sure. I think 10 of the 14 events will be held in North America, um, whether the U.S. or Mexico, Canada. I'm and that's, sure. that's the other thing I heard from a lot of these players. It's like, they don't know if they can, that's another thing they were saying, other than addressing the human rights stuff. They were saying, like, I don't know if I could put my support behind something that's so new. The, the league is too new. And yeah. also, Saudi leagues in the past, I believe, have been under fire for like they've been around for a certain amount of time yep. and then the funding just got cut no questions asked and it's just done and it's a, that and it's, could easily happen yes and it's a delicate line because don't forget there's also some some of these saudi events every year sure that you see these tour players will get paid just to appear and play in and they're allowed to go do that and they've been allowed because don't yep. forget this is part of like the dp world tour and sure. it, it has some like asian tour backing so that which legitimizes it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways but i think again what it comes down to is is no other player has gone gone so far as to acknowledge the human rights violations and say i'm going to participate anyway full well knowing that yeah. now phil was kind of talking out both sides of his mouth he's like i acknowledge that and in a way they're they're bad and I hope that they fail. However, if I can use them as leverage, I am going to do that. You know, I got it. Um, instead of kind of stopping short and be like, "Listen, I, I have where Phil could have possibly gone a better direction would have been to say, "Listen, I've got my grievances with the PGA Tour. I would love nothing more than to use this tour as leverage to try to get push my agenda. However, they're bad mfers, as he said, mm -hmm. and I, I just have to." keep my my healthy distance from them i think he would have been well well off that way but he might not have gotten of course what he wanted to do yeah i think phil could have easily gone about this whole thing a little bit differently i think the one thing that really um started catching people's attention to phil and the saudi tour was that he paid a lot of the legal fees 
to get the Super League off the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, your financial interest. Yeah. So he right. paid millions and millions of dollars to make sure that they had all the bylaws and rule sets and made sure If he's sure just doing that, all this to make a point. Well, that's what that's I crazy. wonder. Yeah. Did he do that? Is it is it some sort of underlying like financial hedge where he wants to make money? Or did he say, this is my f- chance to, to finally put the pressure I want on the PGA Tour. Let me do whatever I can to help this, this, this league succeed yeah. so that we can put the pressure back. Because what he ultimately believes, and Phil has thrown out a lot of numbers that are very hard to verify, um, you know, billions of dollars worth of money that he feels like should have gone back to the players and is kept by the PGA Tour. Um, and he feels that things like this, uh, these player incentive programs and the 20 million they're throwing here and the 10 million, he felt like those were just little kind of, um, you know, dist- distractions and, you mm-hmm. know, to, to what was really going on. I just, I think. There was actually a report that Phil didn't even win the PIP. I had heard that. that. I heard that even Tiger may have won it. I, I, it's, but it's, I think Phil would be vocal about that if he didn't win it. I think he would have heard it on Twitter. Like, guys, I really didn't win this thing. I think he would have came out with it. Yeah. But now I think ultimately we're not going to hear a whole lot from Phil. So we're, 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 Well, that's my question to you. When we do see Phil again, yeah. now he's sponsorless. Is he showing up with a bag of Callaway sticks and a KPMG hat? He did say he wants to remain loyal to his sponsors, even though they're not partner with him. Well, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely don't think he would be blatantly wearing the sponsor because if they don't want, if they don't want that tie, he it would harm left. them more. I mean, he's got to wear like a uh, you know the pair K- of overalls. You know the yeah, K- he could just wear a black hat. <laughs> the KPMG hat that like has the four boxes, but it yeah. says Phil instead of KPMG. That would be in like a wild statement. That would be something. That's a lawsuit for Phil, probably. But but I mean, so so, so yeah. So where we go, right? So like, is he coming back? What's he gonna do? Uh, Phil's already said he's gonna take a little bit of a break. He says he's um, he says he's felt a lot of the pressure. He's apologized. Mm-hmm. He says he never meant to hurt anyone. Never meant to hurt the game. He never all those types of things. Like I said, he's been a lovable guy on tour for a long time. I think. You're going to separate this as far as fans go into a couple of buckets. You're going to have one. You're going to have people who think that canceling was too far. There are going to be people who say like, I don't, I don't agree with what he said, but it was, it was too far for everyone to pile on. And, yeah. and they're going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm still with Phil. Haley Ostrom said that. Did she? Yep. There, there's also going to be a group of people, honestly, who really don't know what happened as intimately as we do. Don't forget, we follow the PGA Tour week in and week out. You've got a lot of of um, fans who will just, you know, they're kind of like fringe golf, you know, fans who yep. will, who will just watch the majors and things, and they'll just they won't really know. They'll ask their buddy, be like, "What happened with Phil? Why is Phil not?" Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if there's a big demographic of that, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be people who are just like, "Hey, it's unforgivable," and and whatever. So the question is like, where would he return? And I I got to look to Augusta. I don't know. I think he needs time. Well, Augusta's two months out, uh-huh. right? And I think one thing that might work in Phil's favor there is that fans w- would not have really an opportunity to really come at him there. Mm-hmm. Augusta won't allow it. Right. You, if, if, if you're booing and creating a scene, you're mm-hmm. gone. You're out. So if there's any event that's going to offer him a little protection from that, it's right. going to be the Masters. Okay. Um, Whereas other events, he can really stand to be potentially heckled. I I just don't know if it, if it's going to be. I don't know if this is. I just don't know if it, if it's going to trickle down to the fans of creating actual rage. Wouldn't he have to still do so. media at the Masters? 
He would he would still do media. He would get, get the questions. Torched. Not only that, he's got to go to the champions dinner. I mean, torch. Right. A lot of people speculated that same thing. I heard some takes on that where they're like, he might not want to right now sit there across with right. the other champions and, and have sit to across from Jack right now and like, get the heat. Right. Gary Player and but I, I just Tiger I don't Woods think and... that the the pure rage is you know people being truly upset is going to trickle down as much to the players. I think it's more so what we're seeing is brands who nowadays brands have a lot at stake. They've got to be super, super conservative, mm-hmm. right? Because they ultimately don't want a, a, to some sort of boycott or something sure. like that. And I think brands are like, listen, you in any way acknowledging what you acknowledge with the Saudi, the, the human rights violations, but then continuing to want to deal with them is just something that we have to distance ourselves from. Yeah. But I don't know if that's something that's enough that the fans are going to be an outrage and they're going to just turn on Phil in mass. We'll see. I mean, I don't think it's going to trickle down to the fans, but we'll see. Yeah. Time well, will tell. I'm really interested to see where this Saudi tour goes. Yeah, me and too, because this has been a tough turn for them. I think that they're going to just lit a fire. Like Norman's on a mission right now. You know what I mean? Like but his who are they going to yeah. get at this point? I mean, we'll find out in two weeks. They'll that's the most interesting thing to people. me is that the weekend of the players, which is one of the biggest weekends in the PGA Tour, the Saudi Tour is going to drop a bomb saying that 20 athletes switched. I think and it look, might have been 20. Maybe it's not that many anymore. Yeah, how many How many now are staying but how many, yeah, with this bad and PR? And to fill people in who, who, who are not sure what we're talking about, just before all this big film news hit, the, they said, you know, for this this new league had gotten to 20 players. Yeah, this was right when all the Bryson going to the Super League news right. was oh, dropping. Right. Yep. And they said, we've got 20 players. And effectively, they said they were going to announce who they were the week of the players. Of course, you come out the PGA Tour's biggest event, well, one of the biggest events, at least, you know, it, it, it's it's tough. But I, I don't know, because now I've got to thinking, now we're seeing actual statements from Bryson saying, no, I'm not doing it. I think now these guys are seeing like that could Whoa. just be to save face. It could be, but but there's got to be guys who are very close, and then they see all of a sudden this heat with with Phil, and they're like, I don't want that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I was thinking about it, but now I'm out. If I, Phil just started his own YouTube channel, you know, he'd have a gazillion subs, he'd be hysterical, and he'd make his own money, and he probably wouldn't have to give the tour a penny. I know, know what that, Bryson does. That's what Phil that. Unfortunately, I think that's the worst direction I would have loved to see Phil. Phil in that lane yes. where Phil is able to be funny. Would you watch a course log from Phil? <laughs> yeah. I could you know, watch like Goat Hill Park with that's Phil. That's the thing. He, like I said, we've said it before on this podcast. He's a, he's been a gift to social media. He's funny. He's, he's got that, you know, all that charisma that we like to see. Um, it's just that part of Phil that's so willing to just say whatever's on his mind mm-hmm. was what bid him in the end here because. Yeah. You know, I don't think he fully thought through what he was saying. I yeah. think he was trying to make the point of saying the PGA Tour needs to change. I've had no success changing the PGA Tour. This is my finally my chance. I just hate that that this happens to be the leverage I have, but it's the leverage I have, and I'm going to run with run it. with it. Right. That's what he said. That's what he was thinking was. But ultimately, people were like, "Phil, stop and think. You're talking about the leverage that you have being someone that you acknowledge being bad mfers who." have human rights violations. That's maybe a leverage that you steer clear of. Yeah, there you go. And that's what that's what really <laughs> bit him. But but the other thing too is I'll leave it with this. There's also more speculation coming because Alan Shipnuck, who's the, the one who's putting this this uh biography together, mm-hmm. has basically said and indicated that there's a there's a lot more. There's more that was said, 
you know, and, and that's what you kind of wonder is Phil now distancing our sponsors and them aware of something else that's going to hit that hasn't hit yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Alan did also come out Alan's just gonna this week. going to make out the best in this whole situation. So well, everyone's going to want to read this book. Yeah. Everyone's going to want to read the book. Yeah. The yeah. whole book thing just yeah. blows my mind because if I was Phil and this dude that I agreed or not, I don't know, to write my biography is basically just destroyed my life. Yes and no. I think Phil did a lot to himself. No, I totally understand that. But mm -hmm. like if Shipnuck never released any of the off the record statements. Yeah. But Phil would be fine now and there would be, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Nobody would even be talking about this. And and, But the thing is where Mm. they're going to debate is whether it was off the record or not. You know, in his his, um, research and in his diligence, uh, you know, Alan supposedly called up Phil had some questions about it, and he just caught Phil at that at a moment when Phil was heated, and Phil just went. He went. He's Alan says that he never said, "Hey, this is off the record." He just went. Um, but but I don't know. Jeez. Even Alan though has come out in this past week saying that he was surprised that yeah okay Phil's well he said he was surprised that Phil's sponsors uh, ditched him over this. But again, living in a world right now where every company is so worried about their public image, I think it's just that it only takes a little bit where they're just like, no, I got to distance myself. None of them are coming out and saying like, Phil's a terrible person. They're just saying like, it was unacceptable what he said and we just got to distance ourselves. That's it for now. For now. So that's where it leaves us. Um, But I'd love to hear from you guys, you know, drop them in the comments or, you know, in our Facebook group or the Golficity Clubhouse, you know, all the places that we've got our conversations going on and let us know, does this, what Phil did ultimately and what Phil said and how Phil has responded and how Phil has apologized, does this, where does this leave you with Phil? Is it, is it unforgivable? Will you, were you a fan and will you continue to be a fan? Um, Or is it something you're saying that, you know, I didn't know this part of Phil and I, I, I need to, you know, I, I'm going to move on to other players to root for. I'd love to hear what people have to think. I'm curious myself. So let's see what happens. I'm curious to see how this whole thing unfolds, but uh, there's still more to this story. There definitely is. Yeah. But I would like to know what you guys think. Are you, are you guys going to remain Phil fans? Are you giving him a, an opportunity to grow from this or what's your stance? Well, listen, 100%. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't love nothing more than Phil to come out with a, you know, take some time, take some space, and then come back with a very well thought out, heartfelt, like. And not in a letter. Like, I want to see him say specifically, you know, he had said before, I, 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 I don't, I'm not happy with what I said or how I said it. Just say why. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you truly, Phil, if you truly believe that that the Saudis are bad MFers and, and, and all these things, then come out strongly against it and just say, I'm not going to deal with them. This is that my, my morals are more important than money and I'm not going to deal with them. If he comes back to that point, people can I think make fall back in love. Yeah. Friends, I'm, I'm all for peers. forgiveness. If you're somebody sure. who can acknowledge that you said something yeah. wrong or it, it wasn't what you meant or whatever it may be. And you, and it truly, you feel like it's, it's a true apology then I, I don't think there's ever somebody who's done, they've done something so egregious you can say, I can never root for this guy again. Yeah. I'd rather see something like that. Take the time, make it well thought out, be humble, come back, you know, and, and, and let's see where it goes from there. I agree, man. I agree. Let's see if it happens. All right. I want to talk about, I want to talk about some more tour stuff. We're going to talk about Innisbrook because we're, we're going to dissect the hardest round of golf we've ever played. Yeah. The hardest course I think we've ever played. We'll get to that in a second, but Speaking of that, a course that reminded me of that course, we're going to talk about the island course, was the Honda, PGA yeah. National. 
What a beast. Mm. What a beast. I don't know if you saw some of the stats this past weekend, like some of the triple bogeys, double bogeys. Insane. Look at our, our scorecards out there. Yeah. But we have Danny Berger with a five-stroke lead heading into 54. And what was so interesting about this is a year ago, I believe at Pebble Beach, he was quoted saying that having a lead in a golf tournament is like having a heart attack on every hole. So here's a guy that struggles with the pressure of it. He was lights out, greenside bunker, hole outs, nonstop, dropping holes. And then Sunday came, gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what happened, just gone, collapsed. But I, that's golf, I think. It just didn't have that Sunday fire in him. Yeah, and I hope he can shake this because I don't want him to start to develop that narrative that he can't close and yeah, then, no, that kind of gets in their own head. He's a gamer. But you're right. As far as PGA National, you know, difficult. When um, that wind is up. The, uh, I, I, how many times I glance up at the screen and I kept saying, like, anybody who was next to me would listen and be like, look at this tee shot. Yeah, yeah. you just like, where's the green? It's all water. You know what I mean? Yep. And then where they put those pins on Sunday and you've got the bear trap, of course. But Burger, speaking you know, of the bear trap, front nine that got him. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking Good of the bear trap, I saw front. this and thought it was fairly that. funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it was that front nine. Do you have that score of his front nine? There it is. So he there had, you go. That that tr was a triple triple bogey? bogey on the third hole. I mean, that's got to put you out of it quick. And then followed <gasps> by par bogey bogey. Good he got the birdie back, but he just couldn't hold on to it. Yeah. So he he mm. he did struggle and and hey, that's golf. You know. Um, I, I also hope he, he, he kind of gets that monkey off his back and gets that win because I'm thinking of that. I mean, thinking back as far as like TPC River Highlands where he, he lost to, to the Spieth and that 18. Exactly. Right? He just like there's a lot of instances where you're like he had it to win and He's been heartbroken a lot. Yeah. Especially well, he's not dating Tori Slater anymore, I don't think. Speculation. I think he's girlfriendless now. Come on, Danny. Big fan of Danny Berger. I think he's like that Ryder Cup guy, that President's Cup guy. He's a gamer. I love him in those competitions, Ryder Cup. President's Cup, stuff like that. So yeah. I don't think this is going to get him. I think he's got a win under his belt. But nothing year. to take away, of course, from Straka. First win? That. I mean, first win. There's a guy, he, yeah. You play like that in the bear trap, you deserve to win. <laughs> Absolutely. First yeah. Austrian to win on the PGA Tour. How cool is that? Become like a hero. It's like Matsuyama with the Masters. Good for him, man. That's yeah. great. So it was it was another exciting event. The Florida Swing continues to excite. Uh, we've got now the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, this week, and we've got the players. The Arnold Palmer, I think, the one thing that un is unfortunate news this week is to see the defending, who what would be the defending champ, uh, and Bryson DeChambeau out. Um, he, you know, he, I think it was what was it, his hand that he was saying was still he's still nursing hip yeah. and wrist, hip and wrist injury. So again, we talked about this. We won't, we won't overkill it. We talked about it here on the show before of just saying like, is he putting too much strain on his body with what he's doing? Um, it might be, but he'll never admit it. Yeah, I'm I, also I, I'm also it. wondering. Uh, yesterday was the Seminole member pro. I saw that at Seminole Golf Club. He was down in to Florida. Play it? I think the video that he posted on Instagram was from the Seminole. He was clubhouse. all dressed up for golf. He was all dressed up for golf. I think it was in that clubhouse. I think he was just like uh, I think he took a couple swings that day and was like I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a shame because he brought a lot of excitement and a lot of attention to the tournament. It's always a good tournament, no matter yeah, what. No, Bay yeah. Hill always, you know, is always impressive to watch. And you know, at Bay Hill, I love eighteen. You know, if you've played it, so we could we could mention that. But but yeah. I, I ultimately, yeah. if I still remember, what was it the fifth hole that that, sh that 
horseshoe. It's the sixth hole. The horseshoe, horseshoe around five. the water, par five. And just yeah. seeing Bryson take that on and that, and that I mean, it was electric. And I think it, it generated a lot more attention in the event than you would get otherwise. I think Bryson does that in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's it's sad to not see him in the event. I still think we're, we're going to have a good event, though. I think we will. And I can always say that I've birdied that hole. And I got to give credit to my caddy. It was all him. Right here. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Yep. No. No. <laughs> Those were incredible shots and an incredible putt. That putt was amazing. Yeah. A little swooper. And talk and about pressure to do it in front of uh, Molinar. Yeah. And he made his birdie right after mine look much easier. Yeah. yeah. He made everything look easy that day. We, you know, I remember it was struggling. We were struggling, we were struggling. through that course. We were. And That's when things started to click for me, actually. I remember I birdied that. We went onto that par three, and I hit into the bunker, and then I got up and down, like a foot tap in for par. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to hum a little bit. And then the back nine came and... Forget yeah, it. <laughs> no matter what. I mean, it was, and what we're going to talk about in a minute, our trip to Innisbrook and about Copperhead and what it's just like experiencing a taste of what these tour guys do. Yeah. Man, it is incredible. It is incredible. I heard a stat the other day where you're know, talking about like trying to benchmark and compare, you know, average golfers to what the PGA Tour players do. And there's one huge caveat to that. And that's the way that these courses are set up for tour events is orders of magnitude harder mm -hmm. than the courses that we play yeah orders of magnitude so sure mm -hmm. you can try to say hey what does a pga tour player get in greens and regulation versus a uh your everyday scratch golfer but the difference is week in and week out the way that those those events are set up and what those guys are playing no oh, yeah dude tell me about it i saw one level one shot from brooks kepkin remind me about the copperhead greens which we'll talk about he had a shot that he hit pin high on the thing and it rolled all the way off the back of the green. Like we don't think about that on Sunday when we're playing with our buddies. Yeah. We're just trying to get on the green. We hope our ball stays there or spins a little bit. But like we're not thinking about, hey, the greens are running quick. This is PGA Tour caliber, you know, wind, all that stuff. And like you, we hit a lot of those copperhead greens. The balls would just go. We're like, yeah. geez, now I'm on the back. Now I'm off the back. Now imagine to too, guys. they put those pins in the Sunday positions. Because <laughs> yeah, we saw going. that at PGA Nash. It was like, what wow like where they put some of these pins there was almost no room like talk about no. short-sided yeah with wind you know it. it's not just at that level it's not just being able to play the shot but it's being able to understand the strategy and that's where like the, the value comes in working with these caddies who are out there before the event you know looking at pins you know pacing things off and just thinking like where you need to hit this ball to access some of those pins mm -hmm. is just incredible it is i mean i think they're in for a little bit of a treat this week don't get me wrong it's bay hill's not an easy course but i think it's a lot easier and we'll see yeah i, I mean, mean we'll this uh, even 18 <laughs> it, it gets you i mean and then and guys who had to go for it over the water i remember some of the best shots there rory i'm thinking some of the guys yeah it just it, it's always a fun event for fans to watch there's really no is. doubt about it um, it really is um by the way i just wanted to mention this quick because we, we brought we brushed on Ryder cup so zach yeah. johnson hired his Ryder cup captain Yep. I wonder, though, it was Phil in the slot for that, and they mm. pivoted. We don't know. I saw a bunch of stuff on Instagram. like In the Instagram comments, people were saying that. Like, oh, I thought Phil was supposed to be the captain. I thought Phil was supposed to be the captain. I don't know if he was slated for it or not, but I think what people were saying on Instagram in the, ca in the comments were that Phil was never supposed to be Ryder Cup captain in Rome. But they wanted him to come back to be Ryder Cup captain at the following Ryder Cup, which takes place in the United States at Bethpage. Okay. Okay. So it's, yeah. Hey, I, I, if this isn't <laughs> smoothed out by then, if, if, I, if something, yeah. then, then, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about his career. It must have been destroyed if he can't come back. Right. Like that. Absolutely. I guess I, I continue to hope for Phil that. 
Uh, while I, I don't agree with his approach in any way, I hope for him just to and anyone can make a mistake. Anyone can can basically make a misstep in their thought process. And I think if he plays it right and he apologizes the right way, I think we could see him back in those positions. But regardless, you know, I think Zach is a great pick here. Zach Johnson. Everyone loves him. He's always there in those team events. You see him, the, the players all seem to have a lot of respect for mm-hmm. him. He knows the game well. He's a major winner himself. Um, I think it's a, it's a smart captain's pick, no doubt about and, it. And we're in a President's Cup year now because of COVID. Everything was pushed. I wonder where that is this year, the President's Cup. Because we went remember. to one. We went to the one in Liberty National. Liberty National. What was that? How many years ago was that? I don't even remember now. Everything getting pushed. So we, I think it was 2019. Because 2020 was supposed to be Ryder Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So it's happening in September. Oh, it's down in... Um, it's at... Uh, don't tell me. I know which it is. Where, where Rory won his first event. Quail Hollow. Wow. There we go. Rain Man. Rain Man. Because we were thinking about going to it. That's why. Yeah. That'll be... Uh, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a great spot for it. That's right, a great well. spot. But yeah, so I mean... Uh, I think I think he's a good pick. And um, interesting to see as that kind of unwinds. We've got still some time on that. Um so yeah, so all good stuff. Um, one other thing I want to update you guys on really quick. We're gonna obviously we're gonna dive into to Innisbrook here in a minute. Um, but speaking of tournaments, is our own tournament, our virtual tournament that we do every year, the Golf Fissy Virtual Open. It's gonna come up on us quicker than you think. Uh, we usually will run that. We're, we're gonna we're gonna solidify the dates. We're gonna lock it in. It's usually uh, late July through August. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I think we ran it just for the month of August, but it's a full month. It's free to enter, and we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, and we actually we host it in the 18 Birdies app, which I've been messing around with a little bit more lately, and I really yeah. love some of the improvements mm-hmm. that they've made to it. It's become a very uh, a cool way to kind of like, you know, connect with other golfers, other friends you play, have play golf, and maybe either you know you're, you're not getting a chance to play with them every weekend. You can still kind of follow. There's a very similar to what we do with the virtual open live leaderboards. They've got this like live leaderboards at all times. Like yeah, if I go cool. out there and I just start playing around. Uh, everybody who I'm friends with on the app can see my round yeah, in progress. In live progress. It's very cool. It's very cool. So definitely check it out. Go to uh, golfacy.com slash 18 birdies to test out the app. If it's if it's if you're either new to the app or if it's been a while, there's been some real big changes. So it's time to give it a relook. And in general, it's a, it's free to set your account up. So get set up and then that way you'll be ready uh, once we do the, the virtual open. But they've got some really cool stuff in there. They've even got like this AI coach. Uh, yeah, I, I used it a little bit Super last cool. year on the range. Mm-hmm. You just you just kind of aim the camera at yourself, and it, it just it, it like checks your own like way different to get positions. Your own gear system. Yeah, it's, right it's very yeah. very interesting how how advanced that they've come. But let's do a quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to dive right into uh, just kind of really de you know like deconstructing our Innisbrook trip um, because it was it was really an incredible experience, and I think it's something that a lot of golfers are going to want to experience at some point if they haven't already. So let's do a word from our sponsors, and we'll dive into it. Hey guys, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Titleist. We all have different ability levels and goals, but one thing we share is a desire to bring our best every single time we tee it up. And it all starts with choosing a golf ball you can trust. The Pro V1 is the best combination of speed, spin, and feel in the game. And the Pro V1X gives you a higher flight and a firmer feel. But both deliver that long distance, consistent flight, soft feel, and the all-important drop and stop Greenside control. So whether you're Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, or Nelly Corda competing at the game's highest levels or simply striving to be the best you can be, tee up a Pro V1 or Pro V1X. Always bring your best. And I know it's something that we've always been able to rely on. I love the feel. 
I, I play the Pro V, you play the Pro V One X, and it's just it, it it is truly like I said, it's that ability to rely on it and know, especially we'll talk about Innisbrook in a second mm-hmm. around the greens and just knowing that this is a golf ball that you can trust. If you can pull off the shot as a golfer, yeah, that 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 ball is there for it. Hundred percent. You know, it's gonna you it's, your equipment is not going to fail you. Right. And uh, we learned a lot about that even when we visited the Titleist uh, plant where they make the ball, and you can understand the care and the quality control that goes into it. And that gives you a lot of confidence that the ball can do what you want it to do. Oh, yeah. Let's just say I left a lot of those in Innisbrook. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like we're going to get to that. If you're willing to go swimming, you can find yourself a couple good pro Vs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Hey, guys, I want you to bring, your, bring some heat to your game this year with the new FootJoy Fuel. I can't tell you, this guy right yeah, here, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, he, we were at TSA. Yeah, call me out for it. It's true. TSA, the guy was like, dude, you got to take those shoes off. Frank was like, no. Nah. These are never coming off my feet. No, I'm kidding. He did not take them off. Super comfortable, right? I brought multiple pairs uh-huh. of shoes, uh, and then this is my first time wearing the Fuel. I wore them for the first round, and I literally didn't take them off. Okay. I ended up, I, I, I wanted to test out the new Pro SL Carbons. Incredible with that BOA. Love them. I ended up, though, I only wore them for one round Yeah. because I'm like, I just got to give something else to try, too. I didn't want to take the Fuel off. I wore them for four out of five rounds. There you go. I'm saying, are we wearing them now? <laughs> I thought you were. But listen, these these shoes are amazing. They're they're great looking, and they feature the latest uh, and the lightest midsole foam called the Stratolite. I and mean, that's probably why I mean, super comfortable. Uh, they deliver that comfort while providing that traction and support through the golf swing, which we're always talking about how important that is. I mean, these shoes are great. They come in a bunch of vibrant different colors, uh, the latest innovation and athletic look and feel. The fuel appeals to players at all levels of the game. So whether you're, whatever your swing type is, whatever you're wearing, whether it's nine holes, 36 holes, we played 36 a bunch, man. You st- we did. You recovered yet? Listen, people throw <laughs> the word light around a lot. Yeah. Wear these shoes and you'll see it. You'll see exactly. The next level. Can't wait to light. get a pair. They're yeah, like a there feather. You go. yeah. You're going to love them. So, if you FootJoy Fuel guys, go check them out. They're engineered to bring the heat to your game. Learn more at footjoy.com. All right, let's jump back into it. All right, so we're going to talk Innisbrook. Um, so, first of all, the first thing we got to do is we got to thank the entire team at Innisbrook for having us because right now, uh, everybody wants to escape the cold mm-hmm. and uh it's just they did an incredible job of, of making the courses and 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 just the accommodations available to us being super busy super packed yes yeah, they're packed. also getting ready for tour event the uh-huh. valspar in a few weeks and they 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 did what they needed to do they shifted some things around for to let us get down there and play and for that eternally grateful yeah huge uh, thanks just great people you know bobby director of golf bobby barnes and ramona head of uh, pr there two great people they really took care of us talk about red carpet um i mean we met case in point was we met that couple at tpc tampa bay on the last day yeah and they tried to get on copperhead but like we couldn't play there it was closed we're like oh we played there this morning they, they were, were like, like they were like how'd you play there this morning so again super blessed yeah. and the videos will show it i can't and wait we to were share. supposed to have bobby on the show to talk a little bit yep. about it uh but he you know it just ended up and it's not his fault whatsoever it's just things this didn't line up while we were season. down there yeah he was busy and and it was just some just some technical you know issues with getting the podcast itself set up uh we didn't get the chance to do it at some point i'd love to get bobby on the show we'll talk to him a little bit more at some point but but right now it's just a huge thanks well, to them but we did have you know, we tried because we love those on destination podcasts. Right. We did try. The one at Pinehurst, the one we went to the Sagamore. We love to do it because we love having the backdrop. We even we wanted to do it behind the 18th green. Yep. But there was no 
electrical power and stuff wasn't working. And again, like you said, Bobby was talking. There was a gas leak. There was a gas leak going on. There was all kinds yeah, of things. Everything worked against us that day. But like I said, we'll, we'll still make it happen at some point. But but first, you know, Innisbrook, let's just talk about it. You know, uh, Tampa, Florida. Two and a half hour flight, simple. Super easy yeah. from here, from New York. Got out just in time with the squall. Yes, we did. <laughs> we got out right before and we got back right in time we because we got hit with another snowstorm right. the day after Locked we got out. back. So we got super lucky and we got the perfect, perfect Florida weather every, every day. single day. But Innisbrook, you know, I had known it and heard about it about from the Copperhead course. Mm -hmm. And you get to see the snake pit and the snake pit statue, you know, that we all see on the PGA Tour. What I didn't know was the caliber of the other courses that were there. Right. I'll be honest with you, until we were heading down there, I just didn't know enough about the North course, the South course, and the Island course. Mm -hmm. And I was thoroughly impressed by every course. They were challenging. You know, even when we were getting close to playing it, the North and the South, a lot of people, you know, think of them as warm-up courses for the Island and for mm -hmm. the Copper. Man, those yeah. courses to me could stand alone you know, as incredible courses like yeah. must plays. Um, they were loaded with challenge. They beat us up in a lot of ways. Fairways but, like hallways, guys. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, let's start with the first one. So we, yeah. we get there and we, the first course we played was the South course. And yep. um, surprisingly, but not surprisingly, we played our best golf there. Yep. Yeah. You know, we, I shot an 83, you shot an 86. I think, I think there's a couple reasons we play our best golf. First of all, for a little perspective, we haven't been on a golf course playing real golf since november so three months our last real round what i would consider before yeah, the weather turned, golf, right was uh was it probably at manhattan woods mm -hmm. when we played in in right around thanksgiving uh then after that the weather came in we did get on the golf course to play nine in frozen conditions with frozen greens right, that's it, just kind of mm -hmm. hit and giggle hit and giggle says, baby. right that's not <laughs> real golf it's hard to have any type of feel for something like that mm -hmm. so you lose your feel but i think the reason a lot of us play well that first round back is because you have very kind of low pressure low expectations you don't expect to play very well and we had rust in certain areas and your body wasn't tired right it was our and first the body round. and then yeah. i think that that's what we got to debate here is did we take on too much because yeah. towards the end we were cooked. And we, were, we had so much adrenaline going through us. That first tee box it of, felt on so the south course. Good. So good. We're so, yeah. in the sun. Oh, we got the cameras back yep. out. We're doing what we love. Yep. But I, what I loved about that, that south course, it was a great mix of very tight golf and very open golf. So one big thing that, that's a common thread throughout all these courses, all the courses there were designed by Larry Packard. Uh, who lived to, uh, I think he was 100 or 101 when he passed away there at Innisbrook. You know, major influence over the, the resort. Offers a mean steak in that steakhouse, though. Yes, the Packard Steakhouse. How good was that? That was a, that was a way to, we, we got there and the first thing we did, go to the steakhouse. Airport to the steakhouse. Get a steak. It was well worth New it. New York Strip. But, so you play the South course and the first five holes are very, very tight. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts to give you a little bit of an opening and a taste for but it. But I liked that because we thought differently. We went like four iron hybrid off the beginning. Not our usual like driver out of the airport. Right. After three months, like it, we conservative play. It really made you think more strategically about where you were going to play that driver mm -hmm. because you just, there were certain holes you just couldn't. There was one hole on the Island course. The only way I can describe it, it would have been like teeing off down a hallway. Yeah. There was a fairway that was maybe 30 yards wide on either side of that fairway. It was tree line. It looked like some of the video games that we've played. Mm -hmm. There was nothing. There was no room for error. You either in a fairway or you're in the trees. One or the other. Yeah. And I talked about this in the videos, as you'll see, we'll be rolling out. Uh, we, we did match play at, at each, well, we did stroke, stroke play matches mm -hmm. at each of these um, 
courses. And one thing I kept coming back to is just saying, if you didn't hit your tee shot, you had to add a stroke each time. I can't tell you how many holes where I would just push my tee shot just a little bit off the fairway. And that was it. And I had to pull out my seven iron and punch and it back. maybe punch back through those maybe, pine right. like trees. Depending on how deep yeah. you got. All right. Almost pine needles. Right. But I, you're right. I like that. It kind of forced us to, to play smart off the tee in a right. lot of places. But then it started to open up. Yeah. Sixth hole, it just opened. We're All like, of a sudden, Whoa. you could just see again. You know, yep. there was no trees in sight. However, so they give you a little bit more confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, Packard would be like, go ahead. I yeah. dare you to pull out the I driver. But then they would be riddled with sand and yeah. bunkers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we were celebrating. We thought we hit, it was, you know, first time playing a golf course, you don't always see or know everything. We try to a little bit, like look at the, the map and stuff like that. There was a couple times we were celebrating tee shots. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be money. And we right. get down there, it's in a trap. Right. And how about all the water that will be there in the summer that wasn't there? I think our scores would have been a lot worse because we ended up in some old water hazards that are just high grass now. Yeah. They were was, able to get the ball and hit out. Which we, we get a little bit of that here where we play like some of these courses in the spring and fall and the, the fescue is yep. usually a big defense is cut down. Mm -hmm. It was kind of similar in that way. But so we work our way through the south course. Um, like I said, we both, we played well. It was a close match. It was fun. Mm -hmm. uh, there was our, our taste of challenge. It was a little bit of foreshadowing in some places. Um, but we were also, as Zach was saying, we were feeling good. We were, we're flowing. Then, you know, we, we had about course. an hour break <laughs> before we took on the, the North course and it started you off with another one of those incredibly tight tee shots. Remember that thing? Yeah. It was like the Pinehurst number three treatment. Yes. It's like after playing number four in the morning, all juiced up, have a great round. And then we're like, oh yeah, we got this course now. Yes. Do we know anything about this course? Uh, not really, but let's, let's give it the old. Let's give it a try. The old college try. Yeah. Um, I think the the tough part with the the North course was unlike the South, there was not a a let up. It was tight from the first shot to the last. Mm -hmm. You had to hit your shots. There was uh, there's some courses you can play where a a, a slight misstep, uh, a mistake won't hurt you that bad. Mm -hmm. You can yeah, recover. Right, right. This it's like if you make a mistake, you're punished. None, none that I felt like did that as much as TPC Tampa Bay, which we'll talk about. TPC Tampa Bay, Still you didn't nightmares. make your shot. Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Forget it. But here, it was like that. You know, you would if you didn't make your shot, there wasn't a lot of OB. No, I'm just thinking uh, for North Course? The North I'm Course. I'm thinking about the, the exact hole where that fox squirrel hunted us down and wanted to kill Zach. Wanted to kill us. Yeah. yeah. Literally just flexing. He stood up there like this. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this is like a kangaroo meets a squirrel. We got to get out of here. And for all you like us who are naive and <laughs> yeah. not from that area and don't know it, Google fox squirrel yeah. and you'll see. Google large fox squirrel. Don't look at the small ones. We had the large one yeah. with the paws. Okay, so Dude had abs, biceps. Abs, he had everything. Yeah. It was amazing. But on that hole, I remember I hit driver, which I thought, um, or I think I hit three wood, which it was like a, it was a dog leg right. And I was just trying to cut it around the tree. And then I ended up hitting a perfect shot dead straight. And it went through the fairway and I was blocked out. And yeah. It happened a lot on that course. Mm -hmm. It was a shot maker's course. You had to hit more irons off the tee there. And someone in the comments, I was looking up a scorecard yesterday at North or South. And someone made the comment is, this is a, a course where you just finish up your, your experience at Innsbruck before heading to the airport. And again, like you said, not a warm-up and not a closeout. These holes were tough they were and tough. they were gorgeous. Yeah. You had some island carries with bridges over them. I'm like, yeah. come on. Beautiful. Yeah. Just because they don't have the big name. I mean, I would definitely play all four of these courses again, without a doubt. One thing that I've learned in doing this is how much discipline it really does take to to kind of put that driver away and, and play a game that we're so not used to. That's the hard part. Like, we had between the cart barn and that first tee on the north, 
no less than three you know people who work there warn us and say it's not really a driver course guys you know yeah, just we're to, like okay and we're like you know because yeah, like there's something about it there's something like in us like it's, it's like you know thanks Pops. our demons we that we can't get yeah, out right. that we're just like i just want a driver here you know and we just do it but the reality is like you have to be so disciplined over 18 holes to play these very positional shots. Just, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the second you'd get away from it and be like, it looks open enough. I can hit my driver here. Yeah. You'd be like, ah, even when right. you thought you had a good drive, you went through and into the trees and it's, it's designed that way. Well, it's good designed old to Packard, that guy, he got me in that blow up hole. I'm thinking on the North course where there was water running through a little ravine. Yeah. And it was just the mentalness of that being there. It wasn't even reachable. It was a driver hole, but I knew it was there. And part of me was like, if I hit this ball too long, which I definitely can't reach, it's going to roll into that water. And what I do, I skied it. I, it just mentally came out of it, and the whole hole was a ball. There is something that, and I think I would love at some point on the podcast, we'll get like a, a mental game coach on or something. Because there's something about that that it's another challenge of this game that I feel like even when you do make the right decision, we didn't allow those places to be like, we got to take the driver out because it'll bring that water in play. I think you think too much. And you think too much because you say, like, all right. So I'll just hit a nice, comfortable right. hybrid here. Yeah. And you mess up a shot you never should have otherwise messed up. Right. You should just hit it. But there's something in your mind. It's like there's some sort of weird, deep discomfort that you're not hitting a club you're used to hitting off the tee or whatever it may be mm -hmm. that you do something you shouldn't do. Yeah, definitely. And and we would get in this. So then, so that's difficult. And then adding to that would be there would have this these wind. And you get this a lot in Florida, right, where the wind will just kind of be up and then it'll go down and I, and so it was constant decision making of like add a club take away a club and it was just you know what i mean right you know it, it they made you think they put it that think. way they made you think and and one of the quick funny stories that came out of it we just i think we were sitting down for lunch or something and, i think and this is the same story that i was about to with say. The, the kid who's a fan of the channel oh, oh it was great so he's, he comes over uh as we're finishing up and he's like hey love you guys love the channel and then the next day we see him at lunch and he just finished up a tournament and the poor kid he was so defeated he didn't yeah. play well and then we were asking him some advice about a course we were about to play and he goes oh you're gonna love it they got this drivable par four he goes mike you could probably reach it yeah. And then he goes on with the story. And, I, and we're just like, wow, blatant. Oh, and I'm like, well, thanks. good thanks, news for guy. this guy is when he sees these videos, he's going to take all that back. So, yeah. Because let's just say Frank played pretty well in yeah. spot. Yeah. Kind of well, adding on. My drive that. game came back at TPC Tampa Bay, which I'll it get did. to. It did. Yeah. It did. That's and when I got we it. We played back. that, we, which I'm glad because we ended up, we were so tired. We ended up saying, like, let's do a best ball yeah. here. And we had a reason for it, which we'll tell you in a second. But I was glad because you carried us there. I, I had nothing left in the tank. I was done at that yeah. point. But yeah, and, and I felt bad for that kid too because like there was a big junior tournament and I remember my junior days when playing in tournaments like that where I would, same thing, my week would be ruined by, mm -hmm. by playing bad. And I just told him, like I just realized now perspective, how young you are right. and how much more golf you're going to get to play. And I'd be like, learn was, whatever lessons you learn from it. What you got to, you know, what you got to work on practice, but shake this off as quick as you can. It wasn't life for you, right? Was it life? Was it golf was life? life? No, it wasn't. I think for these kids, it's a lot life. of these kids, it is. And for me, it was just like summers. I would play in tournaments, mm. and just my competitive nature. I'd want to play well, of course. But you know, I didn't realize like how much like more golf is ahead of you. Like just, I, I would be so mentally destroyed by a bad round. And I, mm. I sensed that from him and some of the other kids who were coming in signing their scorecards, and I just wanted to be like. 
guys, like whatever it was that was that was not working for you today, and some days it's just not working. We've all played bad golf, you know what I mean? But if it was like if you can learn from it, if you can become a better golfer out of it, great. But if not, you know, beyond that, just shake it That's off. That's it, man. You know, you're still out there playing golf. That's it. We kept we said that a lot. We did. We did say that a lot. Hey, at least we're playing golf yeah. this week. I knew you guys were in for quite a round going on to the north course after after we came off the south course and I saw how these kids were coming, how these kids who probably golf a heck of a lot more than us, yeah, uh, how these kids were coming off looking on the, off north, the north course, yeah. they were just like, yeah, just brutalized. They were just two great some, tests. Some of them were south north. bombing. But yeah. that's, that's what I love about golf is that it can beat you up, but it just makes you want to come back. Like, you know what? I want nothing more is than a, a second shot at those courses. Definitely. And I want to do it. I want to do it the right way and play them smarter than we played yeah. and play a little bit more rest. So speaking of which, so understanding that we hadn't played golf in a while, we're not exactly in our, in our peak physical shape right now being winter. Okay. It is what it is. We take on 36 holes on the first day and uh, we were sore. Yeah, we were sore. I I jokingly said to Zach, I said, I feel like I was in like a medium severity car accident. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what my body felt like. And of course, we did that then going into the next day of playing the island course. Now, if you hadn't heard of this, like kind of like we hadn't had a lot of knowledge about it, we were all so focused on Copperhead. When you ask, and, and you don't even need to ask because everyone down there is ready, willing, and able to offer you this. And they all tell you, be like, you guys know that the island is hard. Yeah, I think that was part of the problem. I think we, we knew too much going into it that it was going to beat us up. It was, it, and it lived up to that name. But, but everyone was saying it. They were saying, listen, this is the harder course. It's harder than the PGA Tour course, the Copperhead. They said that they just, the PGA Tour, and there's been a lot of other big events hosted there. Mm-hmm. But they said the PGA Tour just they just decided to go with the Copperhead because there's more room for fans and things like that. But the island is the tougher course. Yeah, it sure, it, was. it sure was. It sure was. <laughs> Phil, um, speaking of Phil, earlier in the show, Phil actually won his NCAA title on the island course. That's right, right. And 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 it's just yeah. absolutely incredible how difficult this course was. Water everywhere. Same everywhere. type of elements where you had to play certain shots. There was one hole that had the green was incredibly protected by a greenside bunker. And right in the middle of that bunker was a was tree. A tree. <laughs> and I'm just thinking like, yeah. here's it's an instance, right? So here's an instance where like <laughs> the golf courses we're used to playing. You, you're hitting at a part. Now these are all long par threes too. So like 170, 180 yeah. yard par three figure, your normal golf course, you hit it at that. You miss the green a little bit left and you're in a greenside bunker and you're like, all right, you know, there goes any type of birdie, but maybe I can up and down this and get out of here with a par on a difficult hole. Here, it was, again, it was all a game of inches. You only had to miss by a little bit, and you would literally be in a bunker, but literally right behind a tree. It's insane. And your only option would have been to come out sideways, Yep. hopefully get out of the bunker, because the bunker was huge, and then play another shot. So what I'm saying is one missed shot on any of these holes, and you weren't playing for saving par or even saving bogey a lot of times you were playing to save your double oh absolutely save a double what do you see that one from the air by oh, the way i was laughing so hard that's what i was about to say yeah. i was on the drone i was usually a hole or two ahead of you guys and when i saw a, a fully grown tree that had to have been 30 to 50 years yeah. old just massive big, tree, big old tree growing out of the middle of a bunker i just yeah. started laughing and how cool so was that green hard. like wrapped around so if you are behind it you could go left onto the green or right onto the green but you'll have a long putt if that flags in the middle or you would have <laughs> to literally have to do two putts like one putt 
one side of the green, green. just so you could see the hole and then putt yeah. the other way. Yeah, that so, course was the devil. As if the course wasn't hard enough. Right. And then that's where the, they had that one hole that was literally like a hallway. It was like staring down a hallway of trees. So there, it was tough. But like I said, I, I say this with a with a a huge side of, of respect towards it and, and embracing and enjoying the challenge. It's not like I'm saying this course is too tough. Don't play it. Right. I'm just saying like you want a challenge. You got your challenge. You definitely have it. And I think if we play it again, we will play much better at it. I mean, it like uh, terrain wise, I mean, a lot of elevation for Florida. I think the T-Box on 11, yes. the highest elevation in the county. Yep. And we saw it. We stood up there. We're like, wow, are we back in New York again? Right. Like there was huge elevation. Um, but I mean, that turf is still tough. I, I don't want to make excuses, but you'll see in the videos, the turf doesn't dig like it does up here. Yeah. For me, at least. My st I'm a steep swing. So I left a lot of shots short. I mean, I left a lot of strokes out there mm -hmm. chunking balls. Yeah. You'll see a chunk fest. At it was TPC a lot Tampa more Bay. like uh, Pinehurst in that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, firm, fast fairways, which by the way, was another way that you could get in trouble because you could hit a fairway and it would just roll further than you think. Mm -hmm. And it would roll off and it went off the fairway it was in the trees. Yeah. And then you were punching from the pine straw. One thing though, that I absolutely loved were the greens. Love the greens. I love the greens on all four courses. Mm -hmm. They were soft. They were um, they they were true. They rolled true. I feel like I putt some of my best that I've putt you know in a while. Some great putts this trip. It was some. We did. Yep. Some great. We made a lot. Of, and if we weren't making too. those putts, the scores would be even worse because it was hard, sometimes greens regulations were way low there. It was hard to get because because there were so many holes where you would end up with a, a tee shot that wasn't good enough, and you were either blocked out or I'm even thinking like moving on to like Copperhead. That 607-yard par five up the hill we played. That there's a tree on the left side of the fairway that makes the green inaccessible on an approach mm -hmm. if you're on the left side of the fairway. So we always think like, hey, you know, some of the courses we play, you're not super punished if you're in the fairway. As long right. as you're in the fairway, you've got an access to a green. Here, not so much. And this is what we said earlier about the PGA Tour and having to be able to think. These guys got to know where they got to hit. This. You can't, hitting a fairway is not good enough. It's not. You have to be on the right side of that fairway. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We saw that on the 18th hole at Island. Yeah. Remember we had to hit like a seven iron just to get it down there. And if you were on the left at all, forget it. I hit a tree. Right. Because it was there. And then it dropped me back down. Oh, and you had to go over water. And you had to go over water. It was 332 as the crow flies from the tee box over water, but no one's going that route. Yeah. The drone did. Just the drone. <laughs> well, so my, my best <laughs> advice would be, A, play the right tee boxes. There are five tee, sets of tee boxes there. Yeah. We just mess around a little bit to give you guys some perspective. Like we played one that one hole from the tour yeah, we tees to feel just it. to experience it. Six hundred and seven yards should never be playing from that that yardage there. But you know, we we kind of bounced around other places. But play the right tee boxes. You're going to have a good time, and if you're you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it if you play any of these courses. So I would say if you're down there to play the Copperhead or the Island, don't don't sleep on North and South. They are really yeah. fun courses to play while you're there. They're just challenging, and it's a very similar challenge. Um, but the one thing we got to talk about before we move on is Copperhead itself. I want to talk about Copperhead because I do want to ask you. I want to go to a dark place. Oh, fun! The fifteenth hole. You remember holes better than I do. Was you it the fifteenth or the thirteenth? I think it was the thirteenth. Let's just say we won't even we won't label it as a hole. We'll just say when Frank's hole. wheel started exactly. to come it's off. The TPC Sawgrass, kind of with Valspar in the background. Correct. That was oh 13. yeah, so I had a full on mental breakdown. He had a mental breakdown, and we've seen this. But I forget about that. I want to put that beside us. I'm more curious, and I'm sure a lot of the, our audience will want to know: is you came back and played well to yeah. close it out after? I said, "Wow, Frank's wheels are entirely off." 
Right. But they fully came back on, fully polished and everything, especially through the snake pit. So like, what happened? So what happened was, and this is something that, like I said, it was building as we were going. My my, my body was, was in rough shape. You know, and then it gives you, we talk about our goals every year. One yep. goal that I got to do is I got to be, be in better golf shape. Mm -hmm. And I'm already committed to it because what I did was at home, I, I, I already hit a lot of foam balls in my basement because like what I could do, but I set up a net finally and I'm just making a commitment to hitting about 25 to 50 shots every single day because after that first day of 36, I was so sore and it was affecting me in weird ways of just like the golf, the golf swing generalist is, is so demanding mm -hmm. on time and everything being just right. Like even little sorenesses in my legs and, and everything like that would cause me just like to not be able to turn. And, and I started to like hitting shots I never hit. But I said this and I joked, I said this to Zach earlier. I go, this always happens to me, man, where my body is like done. And then eventually it just like even gives up on being done yep. and it stops just being sore and gives me a little bit of a reprieve. I luckily got that going to the snake pit. I think I had such, such built up in my head that I just wanted to play the snake pit well, yep. that I just l took anything I had left and just, just, just put it all towards those last couple holes. Plus one, right? Played plus one on the snake pit, Amazing. which I just, at least I can have that. But there were some holes before that when I literally was like, Mike, I, I just can't hit a ball, man. Everything hurt. My hands, hands hurt. hurt. I still have this. I have this blood blister here on yeah. my. What do you call it? There it is. From from Andy Bernard that over much here. Golf. Yeah. yeah, like Andy got some blisties on my thing. <laughs> so I'm like, I, you know, definitely pushing it too far, in both mentally and physically. Because also, when we do this, don't forget, guys, we're not just playing golf. We're also we're. A, a film crew it's a hustle okay so we're out there and and having zach's help you know is, is a game changer we used to do this ourselves but we're still every step we're taking take 10 extra to run and set up a tripod and this and that mm -hmm. and just then, as somebody from yeah. like the outside you two do so much work while you're on the course that has nothing to do with golf that right. the fact that you're able to like on a dime just turn it on after maybe sometimes 10 minutes of not talking about golf only talking about camera stuff flying a drone yeah. doing whatever and then just being like oh, okay action and i gotta go hit this drive down the narrowest fairway i've ever seen in my life yeah i'm not thinking about trees blocking me out on approach not all the time <laughs> right we've got, we're, we're juggling a lot of balls out there and then that's where that's where that happened i remember saying to you i'm like mike i, I mean, normally we're go 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 because even in that instance, we were playing Copperhead, and then we had a very short time to get over to TPC Tampa Bay and play Tampa Bay. And we needed to feed ourselves. And we needed to eat something. And so we drive we, through life. What's in our mind is not only cameras, but we're in our mind, where can we call that they can have a sandwich ready, that we can get it right. when we walk off of 18? Mm -hmm. And can we, get a, can we get a hold of the grill so it's ready because we're going to need to eat it while we're driving? To our exactly. So we're thinking those things. And I, I've never done this before, but I said, I, I remember turning to you and like, Mike, I need five. I got to take a beat. Yeah. And that's where, like, I, I literally had that mental breakdown on whatever it was, 14 yeah, We had a close course, so we were able to do it. I was we were able to just like, take a break. I got to walk away. I got to stretch. And I got to just take a, a breather because yeah. I got in a point where I was just like, I was done. Yeah. I was done. But so, you found it again. Found it again for those three holes. But then, like I said, we go. the next thing we do is go over to TPC yeah. Tampa Bay, which, by the way, again, talk about, like, staff and people. Incredible. Amazing. They were awesome. We walk in there. They're like, oh, you guys are here. That's great. They had hats for us. Donnie and Steve, great guys. Super awesome, chill dudes. And, yep. and a huge thanks to uh, to Rob LeBritz, who, you know, he won his champions, you know, PGA champions 
a Q school event there, which put him on, on the tour. It's a special place. They've even it's a special place for him. And they've even got a, uh, a dish named after him. They have him. a salad for Rob now on the menu called the Labritz wedge. Here's the photo of it. Look at that thing. I want one of those right now. Right. The Labritz and, and Rob's like me. He's not a blue cheese guy. You're not a blue cheese guy, right? I am. I oh, love you blue are. Cheese. Yeah. No, he's Zach not. Who's not even. Yeah, not, he, not Labritz goes cheese. ranch. Yeah. And uh, those guys, they're awesome. They they tried to get us when we were in such a hustle, but they they took us throughout and they showed us some like some some tokens from back in the day with Steve and Rob from, yeah. from their playing days. They're good buddies, but Rob is an absolute stick for going seven under, bogey it's free. Incredible. That course ate our lunch. That he course went, was he went, so hard. We were best ball scramble. <laughs> I still remember. Do you remember the pin position on the first hole? Talk no. about a rude awakening. Oh my god! Yeah, I wanted to go home. We're, we're trying to get a, like, it, it, you had this pin position in the back left. And he, this is a very similar to that Piners feel where you have a lot of, of, of greens that kind of fall off and then they're very fast on the apron. So the ball can just roll off yeah. the green. Mm -hmm. And we're playing, don't forget, we're playing best ball. I'll tell you why in a second. But you had this, this pin all the way back left. It's on the lower of two tiers. We're on the front. We're just trying to hit it. We're chipping up. It would catch that hill off and roll back. off the back of the green yeah. and we're coming back up. So like, we're, we're like, how did Rob do what he did here? So the reason was, was A, we just wanted to mix it up a little bit from the, we did four straight matches in three days. So mm -hmm. we were like, let's mix it up a little bit and do a best ball. But we also wanted to give perspective to what Rob did there. In tournament conditions, he from shot, from the tips, he shot seven under on the final day, seven under. So we said, how well can two average Joe hacks do in a best ball scenario, not tournament conditions? Can we come anywhere near his his score? Now I understand that sounds like a lot of I don't want to feel take anything away from Rob. It's not not just it's not a bravado thing. Like can we match his score? Right. It was more for perspective because we've always kind of joked. My brother said this to me years ago, and I, I always loved the idea. He said in PGA Tour events there should always be your average Joe schmo somewhere in the field to give perspective. Yeah. yeah. To what the let's field is really doing, like the Olympics. Plus right. forty one. Let's, yeah. Let's check in on Frank. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's forty one over 12. in the third round here. And that's what they should do. So I said this is anything will give perspective to that so we're playing best ball you carried us like i said at that point you could have physically carried me that you could have physically it. carried me i yeah. was done yeah there's nothing to attack and it was it, like zach was getting uh tobacco road vibes i mean it oh, was yeah. hot it was the end of the day we had that golden hour sunset you know 18 that drone flyover in 18 they loved it they were they were digging the footage um but guys tpc tampa bay i think no matter how hard it was, I think you have to put that course on your list if you go to Tampa. Yeah. Because of not only how the course is beautiful, the clubhouse is completely renovated. The menu, as you saw, like they're they're like a classy establishment there. And I don't even think the green speeds are that much. I think someone said it had like a one handle on it. Yeah. It's you know, and well for a TPC it, course with that type of caliber, lots of water, lots of challenge. I played Plenty again. Plenty of challenge. Yep. And and there were spots where you could get aggressive. I, I and, and we did in some spots because we were playing a best ball. I remember that one where you dro drove that ball over the trees. I don't remember what hole it was. <laughs> you, Almost yeah. reached the green. Five. Yeah. Was it five? four? I, it was four or five. Oh, it was the one where I went over the tiger line. It was by the drain. Right before yeah. the short I made birdie on that hole. I think I went tee to green, bro bro birdie for the team there. But I, I, I made a, a huge tactical error by suggesting that we played the green tees. Yeah, that was on um, you. That's on me because the green tees are, it says right on it, on the scorecard, it says for four to eight hand. Frank overlooked that 
feature. I didn't see that. But I love your thought process. We're playing uh, my, a best my, ball. My Let's thought, push it back. And my yeah. thought always is whatever the back tees are, we play one in front of right. it. I, I'm in that mode. So you had the blacks. They're usually blue or green. It usually goes white, a blue or a green, and then a black. Right. So we're usually in that image. So, you know, I'm like, I said, Mike, you know, we're playing a, a two, you know, a best ball scramble. You know, people will probably think it's it's a cop out if, if we just don't, if we don't play these. You know, Little did we know. Little did we know. I don't think we saw par three under buck 75 and mm -hmm. most we were firing at 195. Yeah. Um, and so that was tough. I, in hindsight, we should have played one further up, which would have been the blues. Yeah, we should have. But you know what? I think about that round now. I go back and I actually am thinking about so many good things over what actually happened. There was, I had a, gr a, couple, a lot of a great compressed six irons from the fairway yeah. that I hit. I had a lot of great putts. I had some birdies, uh, you know, some bo a lot of booming drives. For me, I felt like everything was working, but what wasn't working was that mid game. And the funny story was we didn't even meet Steve, uh, the head of golf there. He actually drove out with Donnie later yeah. to meet us and this talk is, about poor timing. I gotta laugh at this one. I, I absolutely tattoo my drive yep. down the middle of the fairway, over, fly the green, the, the fairway bunker, which I bet a lot of guys end up in. Middle and, of the fairway. Yeah, middle of the fairway. Stand up to this approach shot. All of a sudden, I, like a corner of my eye, see a cart coming with two guys, and I know it's Donnie, and I, the other guy with him, I go, must be Steve. I should have stepped away from it, but I went for it. I hit it. I chunked it. Hit the ball like 10 yards ahead of me. Dropped the club. And all of a sudden, Steve goes, first thing he says to me, just meeting him there, he goes, hey, you need golf lessons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was a question. I think he said, hey, you need, some, you need, you need a lesson? Oh and then God. what does Frank do? Gets up. Does the same thing. No, I didn't chunk it though. Thank God. You didn't. No, I I, I caught it a little bit fat. I remember we were about twenty yards shy. That's of the right. Green. That's right. Not as yeah, it wasn't as bad as mine. mine no, like but I yards. said I said in that moment I said that's the most relatable shot in golf. 100%. It, it gave me such a nightmare, you know, flashback to uh, when I had the at that oh, time the, long the longest drive, drive yeah. at uh, Crystal Springs and immediately chunked my wedge. Mm -hmm. It's always after your best drive of the day. Always. It's always after your best drive of the day. So uh, yeah, and and I. I messed I, it up too because he immediately I stepped into the ball and now they're they're saying show me something. And I'm like here's the pressure. That's what you don't want. Show me something. So I uh, I tried <laughs> not on. to chunk Have it and I it? catch it a little bit fat and it just came up twenty yards short of the green. He was great. He goes, all right, we'll catch you guys over in eighteen. At the time we were at sixteen, and then I had to make the point to go into that pro shop. I go, I don't want this guy to think like we're just really scrubbing it up out there. So I had to make a point to tell him that I birdied and he was like, wow, nobody ever birdied 17. That long part 17. Three. Yeah. That was yeah. incredible. Yeah. It was great. Like where are the guys watching on yeah. 18, 450 yard par four around the water. You took us all the way on that hole. I go driver, uh, uh, either hybrid. hybrid or, yeah. To, to Eagle putt. Yeah. Missed the Eagle. Putt. No birdie. It was a par four. It was a, a par long four. Par That's four. right. Par, long felt par four. like a par, but five. still I'm like, we, nobody's watching. We were now. pin high, but yeah, where's everybody now? Yeah, of course. Those it always you know, works out that it, way. So we <laughs> we had our best in our best ball scramble. It was probably a, a leave of about a thirty-five foot putt. Um, we just missed it, and we tapped our par in and got out of there. You know, one of my favorite things about being so you know tired and in a thirty-six, it was the end of a trip. Is is we do get delirious, and it's the, the comedy is just so oh, funny because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know we're questioning yeah. why we're still out here sometimes, and you'll see it in the videos if you watch our YouTube channel, and you're gonna love to see. Although we were getting beat up. We were having so much fun. Because you got it. You got it. We were absolutely. So it kind of, the question comes up, did we take on too much? Do we take on too much for this trip? I would love to hear what you guys think. I know maybe a lot of you listening, you're not in the field. You don't have a media company. You're not out there filming your golf. But like, we feel like 
we do too much on these trips. Yeah, we do. And that's I think that's where I, I get disappointed because when it, you get like Copperhead, here's the PGA Tour course. Really, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live and die by playing well. I'm not gonna be the guy who's gonna literally just my month is ruined by not playing well. Yeah, no, not at all. But I I do have a desire to play well. I want to on those on those courses be able to feel like I, I brought my game to it. And I think where the disappointment was was by then it was our our fourth round in in like 36 hours yeah and uh just wasn't didn't have well, it i was just tired I i'm know. like i and can't do this you and know? when when you got home and people asked you how was innisbrook what was your response it was incredible but we took on too much yeah, yeah exactly i never said oh, i played horrible i'm throwing my clubs away i'm throwing them in the garden no, no i was like no. it was gorgeous it was amazing we had a blast you got it. like i said that's the perspective i didn't have as a kid and i always try to like when i see a kid struggling with it, i try to share it with them because i don't want them to live in that same position i did where it was just like i put so much at stake i get so frustrated yeah. instead now i've got a new perspective where i'm just like Dude, I'm in the sunshine playing golf. Like, right. It's we're on a golf, no we're on a buddy's golf trip, but it's for work. Right. You know, and 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 we've had a lot of great crack up moments. I'm still I'm still laughing about the Joe Marchese. We're not going to go down that line, but I just wanted to get Zach to live over there. Zach <laughs> well, my I, I I come back and I tell my father, and he's like, he, he's got sympathy for me, but he's got no sympathy yeah. for me because he's he like does the same, right? He's right now in Arizona. Yeah. He flew out to Arizona. He's with on a, on a buddy's guy, you know, trip. Uh, he's playing. Um, I think it's, I think it's six or seven rounds in five days. He's, he's got a couple of days. Where he's playing 36. No, no cams. I was going to no say drones. he's probably on 59 watch for all of his yeah, rounds. Yeah. Well, he's got the pressure too, because he, he's the oldest in the group, but he's also the lowest handicap. You know, he played right now he's playing on six, which is just incredible. But, uh, but I mean, look at a lot of pressure because then they, they do team play and then they want him on the team and he's got the pressure to perform. Yeah. And they play for like three bucks. Yeah. I love those matches. Yeah. It's great. Your so, dad is a ringer out there. He it, is. It, it is. I got to see. I think today's the day he's playing TPC Scottsdale. So I want to hear how it went. That's going to be cool. It's a and desert. Can we get him to vlog it? Yeah. Imagine those <laughs> guys vlogging. Imagine? Come on, please. It's like, uh, it's like that. You ever see that guy who uh, they gave him a GoPro, the dad, the dad. <laughs> And he was recording. Um, <laughs> he was recording his trip to Las Vegas, and the whole time he had in the other direction it was just his face. <laughs> That's He's great. just saying, "Okay, and here's Caesars," <laughs> and it's just his face all the time. Classic. Look at this pop. We need to hit. do that. Classic. I think that would be a, a hilarious piece of content. Give your dad a GoPro and Let's see what we'll happens. Just edit. We're just gonna edit whatever you come back with. I'm happy he just sends me some pictures. Yeah, you're he lucky sends he gets some that. pictures. I get to see the pictures, and I'm like, hey, that's great. You know, we were laughing. We're talking about these tour guys who go week in, week out on tour playing, and they're not playing 36. I mean, they're playing like seven, they're four rounds plus practice rounds, and they're walking. And they're four walking. Rounds that is of competition. where this is strips like this that show you just how physical of a game that's golf it. really is, and how that's why we had Rob speaking of which on the show. And you remember what he talked about about how much work goes into his physical training mm-hmm, yeah. of his like between the the the, the peloton and just the as walking. important as the golf stuff right because to be able to keep up in that shape to be able to play because there like i said there were muscles on me that hurt that i was not i think it'll be a different story when we're more in golf shape and we're playing a couple rounds a week but to go from playing other than you know the cuts we take here in the simulator go from effectively playing which is no walking yeah effectively going That's from no round. golf to you know, five rounds in uh, four days, really under four days because of the travel time. That was a lot. It was a lot. And you know what? I've yet to still yet to find good solid pizza down in Florida. Uh, we had one that was decent. That. We had a that. decent one the first well, night. Plum tomato? Yeah. Plum tomato. It wasn't bad. I Came mean, through. I mean, for being 
from a couple New York, New Jersey guys. We have it very, very, very high standards for I, pizza. I think it was a 5.8. We oh, had a lot. Yeah, work. but I, that's like a Florida 8.4. Easily, yeah. I can't stop laughing, though. We had a lot working against us to try to play good golf. We had stomachs full of a lot of fast food and airport food. Yep. No sleep for the first two nights because of oh, a nightmarish Airbnb. Airbnb, which we survived. We're we here. Survived Barely. It. I put a chair against the door in my bedroom. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Mike had a bed. I've, I just don't understand the physics of how this works, but Mike's bed is a queen-size bed in this Airbnb. If you put any weight on the right side, the whole bed the whole bed will over. flip over. So I had to consciously stay on the so left. So he slept all, all the way on the left side to counterbalance it like the three entire hours time. I'm talking about if you came into his room and you sat on the side of the bed, it would just, the bed would come up and hit you in the back. Yeah. The whole bed would flip. Frank had every type of blood on his pillow. No, oh, it was hair. hair. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. We, we were at least we had the foresight to bring our own sheets. Yeah, we did. But, I brought my own pillow. And the Zach house on the couch. Had, a, had a particular smell that just could not be killed. I don't know formaldehyde? how formaldehyde. It was like a formaldehyde meets cigar night. Meets bingo, meets so I don't know. Just we were doing Florida anything musk. we could. I, I I found a bag of popcorn and I popped it and just opened it just, and just let it out like an air freshener. That was our air freshener. <laughs> just trying to get the, the smell and out of the. Why we stayed there is because Innisbrook was so busy that they didn't have room for us. We we booked this trip last minute, so we're thankful we got the two nights in Innisbrook when we did. Yeah, but for the first two nights we had to seek outside shelter. But then that was on us. We we soon with really no sleep. There was nothing or anywhere anything available. The first two nights. When we finally hit those Innisbrook rooms, oh, we crashed. God. Those those rooms were awesome. Shit, they were legit. Is right. So but legit. it felt like just to have like a real bed and a real shower, and that the rooms were just gorgeous. Zach, they had the Zach balconies. Had the Eisenhower suite again. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the balconies that you could step Overlook. out on. They overlooked the course, yep. and you was just like, okay, now this is heaven. This is it. Oh, it's just so nice. Uh, Another cool. It took a while to catch up on sleep, though. Yeah. Another cool thing that happened while we were down uh, at Innisbrook was I'm not sure if you guys are big car people, but I'm a big car guy, and uh, the Lux Rally rolled through. Yeah, you were Innisbrook. geeking out over that down there. Um, That's your jam. Yeah, the Lux Rally is just a uh, a bunch of really really expensive cars uh, drive kind of in a convoy from location to location <laughs> over a span of like a week, and. They came through Innisbrook, and I saw a bunch of uh, yeah. You were geeking out. Like, you were messaging car me. Car people that like I know in the candy on YouTube. Store. I was just like totally freaking out. And these cars were amazing: Ferraris, Lamborghinis, yeah. Bentleys. Just really, there were cool. some cool. Yeah, there was, there was some cool cars going through. So let's sum it up real quick. Like I said, give you guys a little bit of a tip if anybody's going to play Innisbrook. One is that don't sleep on the north and south course. Uh, they're they're worth playing. It's not just something to just say like, hey. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to skip them. If you can play them, play them. Yep. Um, the, the, the rooms are great. I, I love the ones that, especially if you get a balcony that looks out over the course. That's awesome. You want to pump the Cali Burger one more time? You did it enough while we were there. The Cali Burger <laughs> at the Salamander Grill is delicious. There you go. It's Another a turkey tip. Burger. It's a, but here's a good tip for you. The Salamander Grill, especially the outdoor seating, is awesome. It's so great to sit out there. With the fire pits. Everyone wants to be out there. So we make learned a this the first day. Make a reservation there. Make Check, it early. Make, make it early. Make it early. Go to Packard's, get go a steak. At least treat one soda Packard's. New York City prices, but worth it because the taste lived up to it. It was tomahawk. Yep, it was yeah, delicious. Um, <laughs> but like I said, play the courses, but but put your pride aside and and play play. You know, uh, it's a shot maker's course. You know, hit fairways. That's all. Whatever it takes, hit fairways because you'll be punished if you don't. Yeah, you will. But it's but, worth the experience. It, it's it's if you're if you're looking for a place to do a, a, a trip. Um, 
Innisbrook should be on your list because uh, four great courses and a really just a terrific resort there. Big time. I'm not sure if some of, or some of the listeners, I'm sure, had to have seen Mike's reel on 13 at the Copperhead course where he actually used the Texas wedge to get out, out of, of the, bunker. the bunker. Worked out well. And uh, he got it onto the green. I just wanted to see, did either of you guys see Lee Hodges he saw this me do weekend? It. At the Honda? Yeah, he had to have seen Mike do it because I like that it happened. Too. Almost 24 hours after Mike put the reel out, this guy <laughs> that's is it. putting out of the bunker. Let's hope Lee Hodges isn't taking didn't any work for him, for though. Yeah, didn't he, work for didn't, him. It did not work oh, for him. He put it in the drink. Yeah, across the green. And into speaking the drink. of that, Scotty Cameron for Frank on this trip. Yeah. New piece of equipment in his bag. So Lights out. You'll have to watch the videos to see how well it performed for him. You'll have to see, but it, it did feel good. Um, so, yeah, so that, that was it was all a bunch of fun stuff. It, it was you'll, All the videos will be rolling out really soon, so... So be sure to check that out. And uh, we'll leave you guys with a, a quick bank at a shake. We'll do a quick said. one here. Want to do a quick one, just a couple? Yeah. Uh, just recapping, going back. Do we see Phil at the Masters? I bank it. I think Phil's going to play in the Masters. Like I said, I think it's the event for him to play at. I think you'll have uh, – Phil will step out of the spotlight. We know how quick the news cycle moves nowadays. Yeah. I think Phil will step out. He'll come back in a few weeks with, with, with some sort of uh, well-stated – hopefully, this is my hope, apology – uh, and I think the best place for him to do is the Masters because um, you won't see a lot of booing or heckling there. Yeah, I'm going to shank it. I think there's too much. I think it's only like 40 days away. The, like we talked about the Champions Dinner um, and all that. So I think I'm going to shank it. I don't know if we see him yet. Okay. How about this? Bank it or shank it? Phil gets back with the sponsors. I think eventually. I'll bank it. Maybe not all of them, but I think he'll get back with some and maybe get some new ones out of this with people who are on Phil's side. Yeah, and Phil is in a good position to not need the money. Um, I, I think it's kind of half bank, half shank. I think you'll see some of them well, come the half back. Bank, half shank, the, half, like the half and half, the old half and half. Callaway's yeah. definitely coming back. I, What's I, he going to play with? XXIO clubs? I mean, <laughs> like, I, like, well, they got to come back, I think, because he signed a lifetime deal with them. Like, he could say whatever he wants. Like, I mean, once he gets in the good lifetime graces, deals of people, can get canceled too. Yeah, but know, every but deal ever signed nowadays has an exit clause that if you say the wrong thing, they they can leave. But the wording that Callaway used was that they were pausing. Right. I think the ones that pause, you'll see more. But but also, don't forget, there's certain ones that fill as part ownership, like Mizzen and Maine. Yeah. You know, I think things like that. He doesn't need the money. He he can just roll with that. Right. Um, you know, yeah, he can okay. do like a, like what a Kepka had done and be like still kind of brand should. agnostic and play whatever he wants to play. Who knows? I still think he should do a YouTube channel. And shoot videos like us, like the back nine with Rory McIlroy. Well, not with Rory anymore, but the back nine, best ball, worst ball. I would watch that all day. We could do a collab. Remember? See how low I can go from the red tees, Phil Mickelson vlog? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Can, I'm already, I'm already subscribed. Yeah. Shoot 55. Yeah. I'm um, already subscribed. Yeah. So, all right. One more. Let's do last one more. one. Go ahead. Island Corsica. <laughs> <laughs> bank it or shake it. <laughs> you want a challenge, you bank it. If you want a challenge, you bank it. You got to experience it. So I'm going to say bank it because it's a humbling course that will, and we need those in life. Yes. And it'll, it'll teach you some things about your game. It also teach you some things about your personality and it will, uh, ultimately and, give you a new look on the courses that you play that are not quite so hard. And let's just say it's a place that I'll never ever again ask the starter what the course record is <laughs> like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I know he. it's funny Mike does it as a joke but it's funny how this game will quickly humble you out you go in there asking what the course record is and you shoot your personal record high yeah high I asked TPC starter and he punched me in the rib he did <laughs> he laughed at you and punched you in the rib yeah. and what's the course record he goes ha ha he hit him yeah, he, said, 
Yeah, he gave you the old, yeah, you're going to shoot that in the front nine. You hadn't even teed up a ball yet. He knew. He knew. <laughs> he said, the course register 61. Punches the ribs. He goes, you'll probably shoot that in the front nine. All right, get out there, boys. He was the You're best starter ever, yeah. <laughs> that guy was, yeah, the guy yeah. was a gem. The guy at the island didn't even respond to Mike. No, he, he just, he just at laughed me. at him and walked away. Yeah, right. that was it. They're like, who are these guys? <laughs> Let's check in on the guys. We asked about the course record. They're 44 over on the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, hopefully you guys enjoy the videos because we did have fun. Those are going to be rolling out on the main channel in the next couple of weeks. Uh, like I said earlier, like we, we topped off this show with, give us your take on Phil. What do you think? We're going to see Phil again. What do you think of, of, of what he said? Is the, is the punishment fit the crime? Uh, will you still be rooting for him? We'd love to hear what you guys have, and, and we'll give updates as more news kind of rolls out. Uh, that's everything we have for you guys this week. You can get to the show notes by going to golfistcom slash episode 417, and we'll see you again next week.